Greetings, everyone. Welcome. My name is Andy Neal, and you're listening to The Hiker Podcast. You are listening to the podcast that asks the why questions of hiking, the podcast that asks hikers and outdoors people, how has hiking in the outdoors changed them and how are they changing the world around them? The podcast that gets to know the hikers behind the trekking poles. You're listening to the Hiker Podcast. Hiker Podcast is brought to you by Canuck Outdoors. There for all your water storage needs on the trail this summer, spring, fall, whenever. It's springtime now. You wouldn't know by looking at Oregon, though. <laughs> yeah. Also, of course, Gregory Mountain Products. You may know them as Gregory Packs, makers of the first line. They were the first. There are others now, but they are the first, and they are the best, in my opinion, because I've tried the others. It's a long story. Before I was a Gregory, but before they released them, ooh, they being the other companies that are named after birds. Um, anyways, <laughs> makers of the first plus size line of packs, and I love them. Uh, in fact, if you want to help me out, you want to get yourself a Gregory pack, use the link in the description of this episode and promo code Andy15. Buy yourself a pack. Buy yourself a fanny pack. Buy yourself a, a piece of luggage for traveling, a carry-on roller, whatever. And it helps me out. And you get 15% off. Also, you get, you get, the, you get the 15% off. But you also, if there's a sale going on, that code is stackable on the packs. So check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Thank you all so much for listening. I'm not going to blab on too much on the front end of this episode. Uh, I am excited to have fellow Gregory Pax ambassador Olivia Tassi on the show. Olivia is passionate about pushing her own boundaries, exploring the world, and having the absolute best time doing it. Uh, she recently, not recently, but she quit her job as an engineer so she could fully immerse herself in real estate career and spend time creating beautiful spaces for people on vacation and vacations near national parks, um, the, doing the digital nomad life. I love it. I love it. We had a, we had a great time talking. So, without any further ado, my conversation with fellow Gregory Pax ambassador Olivia Tati. about myself being a Gregory ambassador and Gregory is of course the sponsor of this podcast uh, is all the other amazing Gregory PAX ambassadors I get to meet and get to know and this week we have Olivia Olivia Tati on the show Olivia thank you so much for coming on the show how are you doing today I'm good thanks for inviting me excited to be here <laughs> well Olivia you are a fellow Gregory PAX ambassador um, but we haven't had really a chance to talk. So if you were to just meet someone hiking or out in, you know, I don't know, a, a national park or something, um, and just start talking to them, what would you tell them? Introduce yourself. Yeah, for sure. Well, I am, my name is Olivia. Um, I am, oh, wow. I, so I recently had a pretty big life change. I used to be an engineer, but I quit my job 
for multiple different reasons. Part of it was to start building my business in real estate and then also so I could just spend more time traveling, being outdoors and spending time with my dog and the people that I love. (laughs) So that is essentially what I'm doing with my life right now is kind of creating and building my dream life. And a lot of that involves spending more time in the mountains um, I used to live in Colorado, and that's kind of where my love for the outdoors awoken, and then moved to New Orleans, where there is no outdoors, but it's a lovely place. Um, but I think after a few years in New Orleans, I kind of went a little stir crazy and needed to get back out and into the mountains again. <laughs> Very nice. So there, there, there's a huge, with COVID happening, there was a huge movement of digital nomads and and people living kind of a, a nomadic life and you were an engineer i mean that's a, that's a pretty stable career yes. um what, what, <laughs> what was that process like of going from something that where there's stability where you could you know build a life in one place and have a job and get seniority to you know doing what you do now traveling around enjoying the outdoors enjoying different places um and maybe not even knowing what's going to happen next week for some people that's their worst nightmare um, but you've embraced yeah. that. What, what's that about? I, yeah. So, I mean, I've moved around a lot growing up. I love spontaneity. I love, I honestly prefer to not necessarily know what's going to happen next week or next month. I kind of enjoy living on the edge. Um, <laughs> um, and I think that's kind of why I also love the outdoors because you never really know what's going to happen sometimes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I will say it was definitely not an easy decision to make. There was a lot of internal development and personal growth that needed to happen and just really taking a step back and figuring out like, what did I want my life to really look like? And was I on that path and was the path that I was currently on still serving me or not? And I decided that it wasn't. And I'm very so glad I did. I I mean, it's been since November now, so still pretty new to being, you know, a full-time entrepreneur and explorer adventurer, but I have truly zero regrets. So <laughs> it's been pretty, pretty awesome for me. I'm not gonna lie. I feel like I am, you know, really creating this dream life that I love. So did you grow up? Like loving the outdoors, or would you? Go no, with- no. I, if you had met me in when I was like earlier than 22 years old, so like, but how old am I now? I'm 28 right now. So <laughs> earlier than six years ago, I was very much a city girl. Um, I love to travel. So I was always been a big traveler. I've been to over 50 countries, but the outdoors was never like a calling for me. I wasn't a hiker, I wasn't a backpacker, I wasn't, you know. I I had no real, I literally like went on my first real proper hike, probably when I moved to Colorado when I was 22. No, I, I guess I did go on smaller hikes when I was younger, but it was never a thing. My family is from Africa. So um, some people might know people of color. A lot of the time they just like don't grow up in families that appreciate and understand like the desire to go outdoors. My parents grew up very, um, poor um and well in poverty in africa and the fact you know that i enjoy sleeping on the ground outside (laughs) is not quite their idea of fun (laughs) and they're like you know it's just a whole completely different mentality so it really wasn't until i moved to colorado at 22 that i really discovered the outdoors what was it about the outdoors that 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 drew you to it and, and and kept kept you coming back freedom. Um, and just like the beauty. So I love 
beauty in like terms of especially natural beauty when it comes to the mountains when it comes to humans when it comes to so I think it was like one of those places that was just such a beautiful escape for me and I was pushing myself not just physically but also mentally in terms of like going over hard hikes and pushing myself um, every step of the way to that just and that's still something that I absolutely love. And I also, I struggle in altitude. Um, my, I have the sickle cell trait, so altitude does not come easy to me. And anyone who knew me when I first moved to Colorado knows that I sucked at hiking. <laughs> like, you know, you can't really suck at hiking, but I was very much the slowest person of the bunch for a very long time. Um, but I still just loved the challenge and I loved And I was just like having fun and I could get away from the craziness of grad school and just really kind of come into my own in the mountains. So you're 22, you're in Colorado, you you discover the outdoors and now it's, it's a huge part of of who you are. You, you're you're Gregory Pax ambassadors. What are some, some different maybe trips or hikes or experiencing outdoors that really kind of got you to, to embrace this? Not as just something as you sometimes do, you know, a lot of people, they, they would say, yeah, I hike occasionally. I go backpack occasionally, but really embrace this as, as just a part of your life where you're traveling to different national parks and you're going here and you're going there. Was there a particular instance that was like, this is it. This is, this is who I am now. Yeah, I mean, I think probably my first 14er was a big one. Um, I did Beerstad in um, Colorado, which is a pretty common first 14er for folks. And everyone's like, this is so easy. Like, it's like the easiest 14er. Lies, lies, let me tell you. (laughs) It's It's still really hard, especially if you're not used to altitude. But it was just like that overcoming the challenge and still making it and knowing that I was going to get there and I was going to make it, even if it was going to take me forever. Um, <laughs> I think that was probably one of the big turning moments. Cause after there, I was like, I want to do more of these. I want to do really hard things. And then uh, another thing is, as I got really into rock climbing too, um, I remember I, it, this was probably the first hike I went on. Oh no, it was the second hike I went on in Colorado. And I was meeting some friends at the top of North Table Mountain in Golden, and I went the other way, whereas my friends went one other way, and there were a bunch of rock climbers just like climbing off of the face of North Table Mountain. And I just remember being like, they are psychotic. That is insane. Rock climbing seems so scary. And then like, I think a few weeks later, I went to a climbing gym and kind of started getting into rock climbing. And then a friend of mine invited me rock climbing outside and it was just so thrilling and exciting. And I was able to push myself and really just kind of like live on that edge, but know that my body was capable of getting me to where I needed to go. Um, so I think those are probably two of the most formative moments for me as a climber and an outdoors person. And then I also got a dog. So just so many more reasons to be outside and enjoy the outdoors. <laughs> Now, do you, do you find yourself traveling and adventuring and hiking alone a lot? Or are you someone who likes to go out and just do it whether someone's coming with you or not? Or do you? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I So when I moved to Colorado, I lived alone for the first time in my life. So got my own place. And I also didn't really know anyone when I moved to Colorado. Um, I had, I'm now she's a really close, like she's one of my best friends. Um, but she was my other best friend's friend. So I didn't really know her too much. I was still just kind of like, I moved to this place and didn't really know anyone. 
So I kind of had to go hiking by myself. Otherwise I wouldn't go. (laughs) Um, And I've always been a pretty independent person. I've traveled, like, you know, I said before, I've been to over 50 countries and like probably about half of them I've been to by myself. Um, So I'm very much the kind of person who will go whenever I feel like it and not necessarily wait around for someone else. (laughs) Speak to that a little bit. Cause I I get, I'm a person who loves, you know, to travel alone too, but I, I understand as, as a dude, it's, there, there's not this, you know, I, I, there's, 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 there's a bit of a privilege I have just being, being a dude going, you know, hiking by myself. But a lot of people are like, Oh, I would never travel by myself for, you know, whatever reasons. Um, what would you tell someone, you know, maybe another woman who's saying, you know, I, I'm afraid to hike by myself. I'm afraid to adventure or travel by myself. Um, what would you tell them to encourage them? May, may, hey, maybe try it out. Yeah. And I mean, I think I would say at first, you like try a trail that's not super like empty, right? Try something that has a few more people. It's just like, it's kind of nice to just get used to being by yourself at first, because it's not even just the hiking by yourself. It's like being alone in your thoughts, right? (laughs) For the time that you're hiking. Um, So first, maybe try a like less intense, you know, maybe something that's like, an hour or two or two hours trying it out, seeing if it's something you enjoy doing or not. Um, because it, you'll find that it's probably not as scary as you thought it would be. And I mean, I've gotten lost on hikes by myself before. It can, it can get scary. I won't lie, <laughs> but it's also really exciting when you find your way back. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think like there's a lot of fear just in the unknown. Right. Um, but then what a lot of people realize is once they do, it's really just not as scary as you thought it was going to be. Um, yeah. So transitioning a a little bit here, you self-described digital nomad. Um, there's a lot of people who are considering that life. And I know COVID has, has definitely kind of woken people up to like, Oh, I can work remotely. I can, I can go from here there. I, I have friends who, literally they decided to get up and move to new zealand and they still work for the same company they worked for before covid except they live in new zealand and they hike all around new zealand um they just do it remotely and it's it's, it's been this cool thing that's happened um especially in, in our generation um what what would you tell someone who's really considering maybe either van life or no digital nomad life or a life where they're just they, they work and they do their thing whether it's you know advertising marketing real estate whatever but they they want to travel the world. What would be the first step for someone who wants to get into that life, um, work remotely and, and travel the world, but are just a little maybe apprehensive about, about doing it? Yeah, I think the first step is going to be figuring out your finances, right? Um, a lot of the times it actually ends up being cheaper to do that. It just, it really depends on how you want to travel um, and also what the requirements are for your job, especially if you're trying to keep the same job or if you're trying to find a new job, um, is how much do you actually have to be like in front of the computer during work hours or if there's more flexibility in terms of the times you work or if there's like um, specific hours you have to be online, let's say it's like two to four or 12 to four, whatever it may be. Um, so maybe kind of having that conversation, starting that conversation with your company or looking for places that will give you the flexibility that you want. That's going to be step number one and just making sure financially you're at a point where you can do that and you're just not going to completely run out of money. That being said, like if you just kind of want to do the thing where you do completely run out of money, I have been there as well. It's super fun. (laughs) So it just kind of depends on what kind of um, 
experience you want to have, right? Um, and then another thing just to know is, especially if you're, it's different if you're picking a place to stay and you're going to be there for like months on end versus if you're traveling every couple of weeks, right? Um, because if you are traveling every few weeks, know that it will be a lot more tiring because you're going to have to kind of pick up all your stuff, set it up wherever you're going. That means, I mean, that's kind of what I'm doing right now. I personally really like it. It's very different than the previous very stable you know, position where I was in before. Um, but I also have been, I, I need to pick up and leave. I've always been that kind of a person. I'll, I'll book a flight randomly in like a week or so just for the fun of it, you know? So it just kind of depends on what you're looking for. Within your, your travels, I mean, you've been over 50 countries. What are some different places or instances, hikes or experiences that have really stood out to you that have really been formative for you in this journey of yours? Yeah. Um, so probably, so I guess I'll say one is a rock climbing moment was I was in South Africa um, in Cape town and I was climbing table mountain. So not North table mountain, like in Colorado, but table mountain in Cape town um, and did my first trad climb as well as my first time leading a 510. Um, and for those who don't know, like there's different levels of, I guess, anywhere from hikes to rock climbs, there's different grade levels that, and 510 is kind of when you're really starting to get into the more technical rock climbing situation. Um, so that was a pretty incredible moment because I really realized that, especially when I am traveling, like I want a lot of my travels to be centered around some sort of like beautiful, different, incredible outdoor experience. Um, just cause there are so many places in the world that you just can't really get to by driving up there, right? Like you have to hike to it, you have to climb to it. Um, and those like moments always tend to be ones that stick in my brain forever. <laughs> what are you, you hope and do to continue to accomplish through through what you're doing now. You're you know, you're ambassador with Gregory. What what you mean? You're you're only 28. So what what is the future looking like? Uh, and what are some future plans you have on this journey of yours? Yeah, I've got a lot of plans. So part of me going into real estate investing is um, I. So as I said, I'm a big traveler. Um, I also love hosting. So I do short term rentals and. The whole point of our business is mainly creating them close to national parks, right? Especially, um, I don't know if like depending and a lot near a lot of national parks, there's a very much a lack of good short term rental housing. Um, very options. much so. Very much <laughs> yeah. so. Yeah. <laughs> so we're basically trying to change that and kind of bring these beautiful um, experiences to outside of the national parks, so people can still go and have a wonderful time and have a very like beautiful space to come back to that's comfortable and cute and happy and clean. Um, and not just like kind of, you know, one of those vacation homes that someone just put on Airbnb for the sake of it and didn't really put any thought into, you know, the experience behind it. So that's, and, and part of, 
building like my business partner, Anita and I, um, part of building our business this way is because we just love the national parks. We travel everywhere with our dogs. So we want places and not even just in the national parks, but outside of the national parks. A lot of the times there's a lot of dog friendly hikes as well. So it's creating that environment where people can travel around to national parks. They can have these incredible stays. They can be outdoors and still be able to work from there and do things and kind of live a normal life, but in a different way that we were used to prior to COVID. And touching over to national parks, your, your, your focus of your, of your business is to, you know, find these places. How have you seen the national parks change over the last few years? Um, I know where I live. I live an hour from Crater Lake National Park. It's gone from, you know, relatively, you know, kind of busy to a Disneyland-esque experience. Yeah. <laughs> What's it like that been for you? And what do you think are some ways that we can help preserve those areas, but still making them accessible for everybody? Because it's been this great thing. Everyone's discovered the outdoors, but how do we prevent overcrowding and keeping it pristine and, and protected? For sure. And I think like permitting is probably like, you know, there's stuff like with Havasu, I'm probably pronouncing it right. Havasu Fools, right? Where that got kind of over overcrowded and it started kind of becoming like a little frat party right <laughs> but i think with the permitting it helps a lot kind of control the number of people where you're not restricting people from going right like everyone still has the same opportunity to go it just maybe takes a little bit more planning right where you have to get a permit so that you're restricting the number of people that are going into the park every day um and then also another thing i think like my goal long term would be to somehow partner with the national park so that proceeds could go to like help preserve it and things like that. So it's still, you know, still early days in terms of at least our like real estate business and how we can really like integrate with the national parks to kind of help that effort. But I think permitting will probably, because right now it's kind of a free for all for most national parks. Um, but I think the ones that are starting to get really saturated should definitely start looking into that. And it's funny because people, I, I completely agree with the, the permitting. It's people think, oh, it's, it's just trying to keep people out, but it's actually just trying to make sure that we know who's there and when they're there. And, you know, it's, it's so important to help protect these areas. Mm -hmm. um, and even, you know, I mean, there's some national parks that, you know, there's, there is no fee. Like I know like Multnomah Falls, which I actually did a, a reel on a TikTok this morning about going to Multnomah Falls, which is, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a national recreation area. Um, and there's there's permits there and they're free, uh, but it's like it's so overcrowded. You're like, oh my gosh, yeah. a funny reel I did today. Um, but it's, it's it's so important to, to help protect these areas so we can all enjoy them. Because uh, I've also been to national forest national parks where they've had to shut down huge swaths because there's just been too much foot traffic and the the ground has to recover and and, and that sort of thing. Yeah, um, and I think like so so I don't know if you've done four pass loop in Colorado, but it's like a anywhere from a two to four day backpacking trip but they do permits i think i mean at least when we went they did i don't know if they still do but that was a really great experience because it was like yeah there's people on the trail but it never felt overly crowded right mm -hmm. um yeah. and i think that was a really because we still got to kind of enjoy the seclusion but still see people every once in a while um so i think kind of you know having a similar system would be great so you're very active on 
social media and um, trying you're, to be. You're, 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 you're doing the, 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 the influencer thing with Gregory. What, what has been your experience on social media, net positive, net negative? And how did you get into like working with Gregory Pax and, and promoting some of their products? Yeah, I, I personally love social media. I think, you know, there's obviously a lot of negatives. I usually try and take a month off of social media a year, actually. Um, just for my own personal, cause I, it's weird. Cause I also know I could happily live without social media, but I also really enjoy it. So, um, but I, so I actually started working with Gregory in 2019. I just finished a three month backpacking trip through Asia and Europe and had posted a picture with like a like large Gregory backpack on my back and then a smaller Gregory backpack on my front. And it was like me in London at the end of my trip. Um, and so they actually found me weirdly. enough. And I mean, I've been using Gregory for at least a couple of years at that point um, and love their backpacks and had never even really considered them wanting to um, sponsor me or um, to be an ambassador in any way, shape or form. But yeah, they found me. And then our, I think like over the years at the beginning, when I joined Gregory, there really wasn't a structured um, influencer program like we have right now. Like it was just kind of a free for all, <laughs> but like the team now has done a really great job in structuring it and, you know, setting expectations and responsibilities. Whereas before it was just like, I don't know, you just send things. And if you're like two months late, it's fine. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I miss so many deadlines. Like now I don't because there are deadlines before. It was just like, oh, well, maybe. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, I got to talking to you on the late invoices, so. Right. <laughs> but yeah, so it's actually really nice now that they have so much more structure because I feel like I thrive. Like, it's weird. I like spontaneity, but I also thrive on structure. So I appreciate that there is structure now. <laughs> um, but yeah, overall, I personally, I think, you know, social media is a funny world where people can you know, give their wholehearted opinions about you without knowing a thing about you. <laughs> you know? And sometimes it's really wonderful things. And sometimes it's kind of mean. <laughs> I think you do have to have a little bit of tough skin whenever you are on social media. Um, thankfully, most of the time, it's really positive comments. But every once in a while, you know, you'll get someone or people who will say negative things and that's okay that's a part of life I think it has also taught me to not take things to um to heart and especially when it comes from a stranger so <laughs> and you also have a YouTube channel I do. I just started a YouTube channel like a few months ago. And for that, I'm really trying to feature, well, trying to educate people on investing in real estate in general, um, especially beginners. And then, and also just around short-term rentals and then also featuring really cool short-term rentals around the world. So a lot of them tend to be in cool outdoor locations, which is really fun because that gives me an excuse to go there, interview the folks and be in these really cool spots. <laughs> Very cool. So, I mean, just kind of wrapping things up a little bit. Ultimately, you, you've been on this adventure. You've, you've, you've got, you've changed careers. You're, you're, you know, digital nomad doing real estate, but going out there and you know, going from place to place. Ultimately, how, what would you say the outdoors has done for you? What, how has the outdoors ultimately 
changed you? It made me really think about what mattered. I think before the outdoors, I was a lot more superficial just in terms of what I thought I wanted in my life. Um, Just in terms of like, I don't know, flashier things. I, I think the outdoors just made me realize like my true happiness really comes from being one with nature. It comes from making like a difference to people's lives. It comes from pushing myself and challenging myself um, to think differently and do hard things. Um, yeah, I mean, the outdoors really did change my life um, in huge ways. And um, like, I, I still feel like I'm, I've always, I'm always the same person, but it's just the things that I appreciate now are very different. Olivia, if someone wanted to follow you and follow your journey, what you're doing, where would they go and how would they do that? Most active on Instagram for sure. It's at the, like, so T-H-E, Olivia Tati, at the Olivia, at the Olivia Tati. And then also my YouTube um, is Olivia Tati, the Wonderlust host. So you can also just do youtube.com slash at the Olivia Tati. I'm also on TikTok, but I don't really understand TikTok, and I just, I, I don't either. I, I, don't, yeah. I, I went I viral I there. Really I have all these followers. I don't know what to do with it. I'm like, uh, okay, right? Like, I don't really know what I'm doing on TikTok. A lot of random stuff comes out of there, um, so it's really not my main focus. I would say if you want like more, not not even structured, but where I kind of know what I'm doing a little more, definitely go to Instagram and YouTube. Awesome. Olivia, thank you so much for coming on, sharing your story, and uh, yeah. Thank you. This was great. I appreciate it. Big thank you to Olivia for coming on the show, fellow Gregory Pax ambassador. Uh, Make sure you follow Olivia on all the various social media networks and spring is upon us you wouldn't know it though if you were in oregon because uh, i was on the oregon coast this last weekend Uh, me and my wife were celebrating our 16th wedding anniversary and yeah there was snow on the beach weird but it was beautiful (laughs) some of you got that reference and know what i didn't say i listened to the the uh clean version because i have kids so anyways um spring is here guys and uh, i'll encourage you all to get out in the outdoors if you have the opportunity get out on the trail if you have the opportunity to be safe um hiking has done so much for me and my mental health and i am so grateful for it i'm so grateful for this platform and for what it has given me so make sure you all get outside if you can't get on the trail maybe it's too muddy maybe there's still snow where you're at maybe go for a walk maybe just spend some time in your backyard that would be good that would be awesome begin to make plans for the summer what are your plans for the summer i want to hear about them and you can tell me about them by hitting me up on the various social media networks at andy films and hikes on instagram on facebook and on youtube that's right i have a youtube i post youtube shorts there and i've got five youtube videos currently editing and you're going to see a lot more on the youtube here come may 1st which i am super excited about if you are not subscribed already get subscribed information for that is in the description of this episode and with that i'm gonna go ahead and call this episode good thank you all for listening um make sure you check out 
everything I'm, I'm doing at Andy Films and Hikes on Instagram and on Facebook and on YouTube. And with that, thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Hiker Podcast. <laughs>